0: What's up? It's L, and I'm gonna tell you what the fashion trends are right now. Plus, we'll talk learning and taking inspiration from non-fashion related elements and turning them into design. And finally, I wanna tell you about my brand. That's today on the GenSpec Fashion Cast. well with the summer season now on us barbie mania is in full swing but we already covered that on a previous episode so want to draw your attention to something slightly more elevated a bit more artistic a bit more conceptual that's pretty deep now to be fair i think that That is something that's only going to influence your fashion design decisions and your fashion decisions and what you choose to wear if that's something that you're actually engaged in. So it's like one of these things that will manifest as as much as you want it to on Pinterest, on your Pinterest account. The more you go down those avenues, the more it's going to show up, but not necessarily in your day-to-day life. So... For example, you know a lot of pink involved in that aesthetic in that franchise, and maybe as a man, you don't want to wear pink, you don't want to wear hot pink, Malibu pink or whatever um, and there are a lot of things that may you may find inspiration in, but that that's where it ends. It's not something that you go and try to integrate, and in. it almost in a way can't be integrated. Because it's something that's um, traditionally, at least, the polar opposite of what you identify yourself as. So it's like if you were, were an athlete. This is just off the top. I'm just coming up with this example here. But let's say you were an athlete. You would know, okay, well, binge eating and sitting on the couch and watching TV is not an activity that I can engage with or maybe even want to engage with. Instead, I'm going to do my training, do my drills, maybe watch people who are already good at the sport, study what they do, learn the terminology, practice, run the plays, find a coach, network with other players. I mean, it goes on and on. Update my Instagram just for the followers and uh, get some internet clout. Start tweeting about the sport, following people making content, <laughs> writing an ebook, uh writing a blog. So all of those things uh don't involve, you know, binge watching uh Paramount Plus and eating a bucket of fried chicken or Tubi the free version, which I noticed had a lot of ads for food and I was like, hmm they definitely, so you don't see ads for food in like fashion magazines. You see ads for like Gucci and Ferragamo. So uh, it, it's funny to see where the marketing dollars are putting their uh, their investments. And when you watch, obviously a print ad and a visual ad are completely different. There's an entirely different design process and uh, execution process that goes into it. But you can definitely get a flavor for their intended target audience and so the Tubi, which is a the free streaming service that has Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares, which I actually really enjoy watching, even though most of it takes place in the early two thousands. And uh he's only like thirty seven in that show and it's in like two thousand four. Uh it's a great show. Um and so they Will have ad advertisement breaks, and it's always like food, like it's like fast food, and um, and then also money lending. So Tubi is for people who need money, and um, fashion magazines are for people who maybe have um, expendable income for really expensive clothes, or just want to give the illusion. But um, I assume if you want to engage in the high fashion world, you probably have to have quite a bit of expendable income because it would be really... So here's the alternative, is that let's say you buy a pair of, like, I don't know, Gucci pants, and they're, like, $4,200, and you save up for them. Or I guess that would be, like, a... Let's say you have, like, one piece of, of... Um, that wardrobe that's not like a handbag because that I can kind of understand. Um, So you have that one piece but all the rest of your stuff is like from Walmart. Um, To me, that's almost like worse than uh, just going with the Walmart. So, and then you could spend that money on something else like a bucket of fried chicken or... Hiring like an ad director if you want to try to make your own ads. Um, The bar is really low. It's really, really low as far as like scripting and content writing. Um, I won't uh, name any names of the advertisements that I saw. But uh, for like the fast food type stuff, it is bottom of the barrel. So, And that's good news for content creators ad writers because uh, it's a uh, it's slim pickings out there um apparently the bar is um talk to your customer the same way you would talk to a toddler um yeah and um be be patronizing essentially be like you know who wants a cookie have you been a good boy or girl? All right then, you can have the cookie. And then they are like our company's name. We're cookies for you. So um yeah, if you have a uh, if the two digits of your IQ can add together and be below 10, <laughs> that's a perfect profession. No, i'm just kidding. Um I'm sure the other thing too is when you see an ad it's impossible to measure how effective it is. Um but just objectively um I uh frown upon that as a an advertising medium. So, you know, 2D designers, um man, we're you know um that's my click first off, and I rep my gang. So 2D design for life four L, and uh, way more elevated than that. Um, probably not actually, because I imagine it takes a lot more um, mental capital to per- to put together an entire visual ad from the shooting, the casting, the writing, the direction, the lighting. The editing, the audio, the production of the deliverables. In other words, like, how do you distribute it to the different channels? You know, if I film something, how do I get it? And then you got to get into a contract with Tubi. You got to set up all the financial stuff, give them your banking information. You have to, I assume, talk to the people from Tubi or maybe it's that um, some distributor picks up the ad and then they do all the uh, legwork, so to speak. Um, and ultimately, it's to drive more sales. But I think the difference in 2D ads, especially um, specifically that the fashion ones, like let's say the ones that appear in high fashion, magazines. Um there is an inherent aesthetic quality to them and um with visual ads I don't think that that's the lane that they try to go down as quite as much um as say the comedy route. Um it's mostly like the comedy route and then the appealing to culture like insurance commercials I think are really interesting because they're like hey bud we're just like you let us take care of the of the insurance so you can get out there and do the real stuff and then it's always like some like um it's like some insurance person who's like too smart for their own good and then some like idiot customer and he and then they're like so you're all set now and he's like huh? They're like, yeah, no, you you don't have to do anything. And he's like, hey. They're like, so can I help you with anything else? Yeah. All right, well, and then enjoy your beer, sir. Hey. They're like, good thing we're here. Smart people are normal. Smart people are here to handle the insurance. And uh, they're like, and that's you. And um, people are like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and uh, I used to work at a I've worked at two major insurance companies one of them I was at for two years and uh, it works because people would always call and they would like know the jingle or they would be like oh you're the company that had this celebrity and they were like is he there can I talk to him and I was like that's a good joke man real good joke heard it before but that's a good joke He's right here. I'll put him on for you. So um, when you look at things like a print ad, um, it's almost like there's still... I mean, because it's, it's going to have photography. Like a, a an effective ad is either going to have like a graphic or photography, but its it's apparent to me that the ones that involve actual pictures, photographs, are the most effective. Um, I really can't see them being supplanted by a graphic. So, for example, if you're trying to sell, I don't know, a a women's hygiene product, I can't... um, I would say it's more effective to have a photo of a woman and the historical preference is an organic image. In other words, not just like some... Don't go into Google Images and like type in like happy looking woman, and then use that as your picture. Um, it would be that you could like direct the actual scene, get the photos, or license a an image you know from like Getty or something like that for exclusive distribution. Otherwise, someone else can come and use that. But if you have that as your feminine hygiene product, like a Razor or something. Then um, I can't. I uh, would. I can't imagine a graphic of a woman or a drawing, a vector, a digital illustration of a woman would be more effective, or or like a graph, like a uh, you know graphic drawing of the razor. So then you have the typography, which is extremely fascinating to me for sure um every type of typography has a personality is how it's described um and there's the there are so many like factors that go into it where it's a static image so it has to do every every element of it has a um heavy lifting to do and so it's it's like intertwined with but it is pretty removed from a visual like a commercial for example or a short video which is a pretty pretty uh ubiquitous format now because With that, you have to write your script, right? Um, But it's delivered, there's inflection, there's rhythm, there's music. That's a big thing, too, the music. Um, Whereas with the static image, it's all about the words that you use. It's your word selection, and it's your typography. It's your contrast against the background. It's your layout. It is also your organization of your ideas they call it your information hierarchy if you want to get like super nerdy with it and then that's just with the copy alone um I am not a photographer by any means um and I respect people that are uh much less than I respect uh, commercial writers I don't respect them um yeah I don't respect them so um but to and then also the photo manipulators, you know, it's another insane art form to me. So, but I'll use the pictures and I'll uh, for graphics and stuff. And luckily, there's a plenty. And uh, that's true for you as well. So don't feel like you have to recreate. Uh, don't reinvent the wheel. Uh, let me think of other cliches. Uh, strike while the iron's hot. <laughs> Don't go from the uh, frying pan to the fryer. That's another one. Um, So let's talk about some trends that's not Barbie related. Here is a big one. Um, Irregular, bold patterns. Mostly from what I've seen, vertical stripes. But also non, uh, non-striped patterns like a plaid. So let me uh, pull up this article. This is from the June and July issue of a pretty f- famous fashion magazine. And the article is called In the Fashion Closet Market Bags. That's the headline subheadline, all in in big capital letters that kind of looks like the vogue font even though this is not vogue so stuffed you know great or what do they say good artists borrow great artists steal i learned that as an english major so free game right there so true so true actually only true to an extent I think. Okay. In the fashion closet, market bags, uh, sub-headline, all in, heading, (laughs) heading number two, in italics, italicized, a roomy, colorful tote is the best way to go big, especially when you're not going home. Oh, snap. Oh, that's cheeky. I like that. Especially when you're not going line break home. It's on its own line. Photographs by Sharon Radish. Hey, want to go big when you don't have to go home? <laughs> Alright, so the first one pictured is a Burberry tote bag. And it's only $1,950. And it's got the Burberry um, pattern on it. Which is... um. Hmm. It's a Burberry pattern, that's for sure. Um, it's classic, that's what you could say, I guess. Just like Polo Ralph Lauren type of style is uh It's very classic, you know, or Tommy Hill well, Tommy Hill figure to a, a different extent. Polo Ralph Lauren is the like iconic, more iconic, I think, version of that. It's like Americana style. It's like polos, um, linen short or not linen, not necessarily linen, but like knit shorts as opposed to denim slacks, loafers, drivers they call them, um, rubber-heeled shoes, um, basically loafers. I forget what the women's version of that is called. And uh, white sneakers is a big thing. White socks classic t-shirts, button-ups for sure. So moving on to this next bag, it also has a really prominent plaid pattern. It is sort of a, it's like a teal and a, let's say like powder pink color. It's by uh, Emporio Armani three hundred and seventy five dollars this next one uh, is a series of totes they don't have the price listed Uh, if I'm being honest with you I wouldn't spend a lot of money on a tote bag like this (laughs) I feel like so hmm bode b-o-d-e I feel like that looks like a free bag that you get with like a sign-up bonus. So, um, Isabel Morant uh, which I only know, well, I primarily knew about from a, uh, Rick Ross song, Hustle Hustle Hustle. No, I think it was a different song. What happened to him? Someone check in on Rick Ross. want to make sure he's doing okay. Rick, Rick, if you can hear me. So, this one also, again... So, here's another thing about the article. Because in these fashion magazines, sometimes they will put an article together where it's like, Hey, here's what's in right now. It's all about the knit top. And they will just leave it at that on the verbal level. Because it's all expressed in the photographs. And there's no exposition. Again, to get extremely nerd with it. So you're kind of left to draw your own conclusions. Well, one thing I noticed when I saw this article was that they don't call out to the fact that all these bags have this really dramatic style choice. So this one, Isabel Marant, this one actually is kind of cool. It's got a sort of canvas type of vibe, like a canvas that you would paint on. And then it has a really prominent, uh, two different uh, vertical stripe patterns. That are uh, primarily green and then there are stripes of purple, pink, red, and then a really thin stripe of looks like baby blue. It's got the brand written on just one of the, what would you say, the canvas. It's an extension of the handle. Yeah, um, that runs down the bottom of the bag, down to the bottom of the bag. And then it has a font that looks like one that I'm basically obsessed with lately called League Spartan, which it's on uh, Google type, uh, Google fonts or whatever. It's pretty widely available. Um, It's great. It's beautiful. So that's what that kind of looks like. It's like a... um, I don't know. It's very recognizable. I just it's League Spartan to me. I'll die with that font being League Spartan. I will never change. You know. Um. And then we got uh, Missoni, six hundred dollars. Very vibrant, um, triangular shapes or uh, stripes, and a bunch of different colors with kind of no like rhyme or reason to it, which I actually really like. And the Marant bag is similar in that aspect where it's not so overly structured. It's kind of just like, here's a series of colors that we picked to to go together, and they're not typically associated. And then there's also a bunch of these irregular design aspects that go into it. Which I think is really cool. Like definitely, it's like that whole. We're doing a lot of cliches, but that whole you gotta know the rules to break the rules. It's like yeah, of course, you know all the design rules. You know about regular patterns and you know, colors and lines that or shapes that repeat at regular intervals. You know you can describe it like that technically. But, that. Kind of is where you get the Burberry from. Where it's like. It's it's a pattern. And it's one that. Communicates the brand. But it is. Not only regular. Here, here's how next level. This, uh, this thought is. This concept. The pattern itself is not only regular. That it has a regularity. Of the red stripe and then the tan. Four sectioned square sectioned off into four sections it's a plaid pattern essentially and you got the black and the white stripes and then it repeats but they also repeat that pattern across their entire brand so it's like exponential bur, uh, burberry and whenever i see someone wearing i'm I, wearing like a scarf i'm always like is that real the real burberry So, this uh, we have another one. That says It's Marnie. Also learned about that from Rap. And uh, irregular patterns kind of looks um, it looks like the Jamaican flag, the first one. Then uh, there is a regular looking one. Uh, regular meaning regularly repeating design elements. Uh, it's by Balenciaga. It's thirteen hundred and ninety dollars. Um, it looks like Nautica. So. Expendable income. I mean, you still gotta choose where you're gonna expend it. Um, a Gucci tote bag. Exorbitantly overpriced, but that's the point. And then, Philip Lim tote. Also very cool. Irregular. It's almost like a painting. Okay, here's number two. Crochet tops for women. Reminds me of the doilies my mom would put on tables in the house. And then also, like, in the curtain accessories. Not necessarily the curtains, but... Doilies, um... (laughs) They have some sort of, um... baggage tied to them to me Um, dust would kind of accumulate on the doilies and uh, they went from being like a pure white to a kind of dusty stained version and so I would probably never own anything that was that resembled a doily or crochet as it's formerly known and uh the other thing is when you see these types of articles it's not necessarily like a command to go and engage in this it is more so something that is being seen um repeatedly and um i mean the amount of different outfits that are, that show up in, for example, if you have the Vogue Runway app, it basically gives you unfettered access to all the different fashion shows and like really high quality photography, easy to use app. So you can just go in and you can just sink your teeth into, you know, really high end fashion design as much as you want. It doesn't cost you anything. I think they monetize it by ad revenue. I think. Um, So this is not a command, but it says four of a kind crochet tops in the loop is the sub headline. Um, Heading. Dress up an intricately patterned top by pairing it with tailored trousers for an ultra sleek take on the summer statement piece. Yeesh. You won't find me rocking any crochet. Uh, Also, they do not have any underwear underneath, so you gotta be pretty darn brave if you're gonna wear just the crochet top, which I uh, can't imagine seeing at like my local supermarket. You know, just turn the corner and like see a woman wearing a crochet top with uh, no underwear (laughs) or at the club. I really can't see, like, getting, uh, like, crunk, you know, at the club and being like, you know, hey, look at that shorty over there, (laughs) which which is how I talk uh, when I'm out. And uh, just, you know, hey, check that shorty out. Um, I fell in love with her as soon as I saw her in that crochet top at the club uh, maybe like an Amish like if you're in Nebraska you're at the Amish club you'd be like hey and like the music's like boom, boom. or uh, they probably have like fiddles because I don't think they had I don't think they're allowed to have music in those communities um, but you know you're like hey trying to yell over the like fiddle music you're like N- I like your crochet top and uh, then you have to pay a dowry to her father to in order to marry her. And then you make some cheese. Well, turn the milk. So that you can make some cheese with an Amish woman. You can make an honest woman out of an Amish woman, anyway. All right, so where do you draw inspiration from? Uh, some people are antenna when they when it comes to this. You know, they're veritable antennae. Um and I see myself as that kind of person, but let's not talk about me all day unless you want to. And um more creative types. And that's what Pinterest exists for, right? Is a it's an idea aggregator an inspiration aggregator and it's really effective for that and they monetize it by advertising on it um and the advertising that they do is uh pretty subversive because it like disguises itself as fashion inspiration or whatever it is that you're looking for it's like oh check out that you know it, it looks like the media that's around it so it kind of slips slips in and you're like, whoa, that's pretty cool. And then it's like literally I was on it this morning. And there was an ad with Gordon Ramsay, who is a uh, personal, you know, just love some Gordon Ramsay. Um an ad for Trisket. And I was like, hmm, okay. So you're scrolling fashion ideas and a an American biscuit company puts an ad uh, selects you to put their ad in front of and they have Gordon Ramsey which is pretty sweet and he's like you like a Triscuit yeah oh and they even have a, a video version that was on Tubi so Trisket is in the business of mon- or putting ads in front of people who are consuming free content that they see as high value got it they're like you know what they got like a pie chart and they're like this this market segmentation they like slap it they're like this one right here that likes free content you know what else they like wheat biscuits jerry you taking notes all right to be gary or jerry and um it's that one you could tell it's successful because what they have gotten Gordon Ramsay. you know I would pay for a minute of his time just so he could be like mate get your stuff together I'm trying not to curse like he does he's like you're in the you know what So your act out man or whatever that sounds more like John Lennon he's like I'm from Liverpool here you go, great fashion ideas, but you need to get them on paper. So, yeah, it comes from anywhere. And uh want to take a look at a book that was given to me uh, in one way or another. I think it just kind of ended up with me. It's from my sister who actually does some graphic design. And it's a book called Principles of Two-Dimensional Design. And the author is Wooshis Wong. That's his name. And so, this book was written on... Well, first it says, this text is printed on acid-free paper. And I'm not sure what that means. But it is from the 70s. So maybe they meant, like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the psychedelic type. They're like, when you touch this paper, man, you won't get Transported into a different dimension. It says copyright 1972 by Wuxius Wong and published simultaneously in Canada. They're like, hey, you want to learn a, co- a little bit of a, uh, principles of two dimensional design? First of all, I don't know why you'd want to do that. There's plenty of other work to be doing, but sure. Uh, so, really interesting read. Very, very dense about very simple things that appear simple on their surface. So it's like, you know, it's like, oh, it's just a pattern, and it's just a bunch of circles. But he's like, the way the circles repeat and uh, show direction um, was just really a mind freak this, uh, I would say, this weekend because I started kind of looking into it this past week. And uh, once you have a sort of vocabulary that you can apply towards, let's say, in this, which is what we're talking about, visual design, it kind of gives you a different appreciation for it because you start to recognize all of the decisions that went into it. And then any decision, by definition, excludes other decisions that you could have made. So, for example, in those tote bags you know the irregular pattern of colors was a decision just like the burberry pattern is a decision to reuse that pattern that is synonymous with the brand but that means that they're deciding not to spend more money into developing a different pattern and maybe their thought is well why would we this one communicates enough value that people are willing to spend you know $1,200 or whatever the case may be on a Burberry bag and other outlets are willing to recreate it just for the sake of imitation. So high value. Um, And so one of the things that I think is really important as well is Using something, it doesn't have to be Pinterest, but Pinterest is the most uh, effective one in my opinion, and letting yourself be inspired by whatever it is that automatically speaks to you, and um, I don't think that that kind of applies to everyone in the same way. Because the the reason I know this is because when I talk about, say, cl- like traditional art, classical art, you know, from, let's say, the Renaissance or, let's say, Picasso, you know, he's considered um, abstract, modern, um, even though it's not contemporary anymore. Meaning it's it didn't come out this year, last year it came out, you know, I think he was prominent in the 40s. Some Somewhere mid-20th century. And um, there are a lot of people that I have spoken with about, let's say, classical painting. You know, I have a favorite painting. It's um, Botticelli. Uh, is the artist, and it's called Primavera. If you look it up, it's pretty easy to find. And um, I have looked at art with other people and... It's almost as if they don't get it. They, And not not that there is something to get that I know that they don't know. But they don't see the painting. They see the painting and they see it just for the figures in the painting. So they're like like some of the old stuff where it'll be a man courting a woman on a swing. I forget the name of the painting, but that one's a pretty uh, popular one, famous one. And they'll be like, well, it's just a man in a forest and he's trying to get the woman. (laughs) And uh, it's like, yeah, it is. That is true. But there are a bunch of different forces that are working behind the scenes that are meant to make the piece more appealing. And um, to me, and this is my kind of pie in the sky um, ideation, but it is meant to communicate the sublime, uh, which is a sensation or a perception that you can only get from art, from anything that's artistic and creative. Um, And so if you want to have spiritual chat with me, um, just find my number and call me and we can get really into the weeds with it. So anytime, by the way. So, you know, inspiration when you see it, sometimes I'll be driving down the road and I'll see a billboard And I'll be like, oh, that's pretty cool typography. Um, And it'll be like a lawyer or something. And they always have like really fun. I saw one today actually on the side of a bus. And it was a a woman lawyer. And uh, I believe it was her domain name or at least the name of her. It was the name of her company, it seemed like. Maybe it was just the name of the ad campaign. But it was Law Lady effective no way to know no way to find out there were these other ones that were on billboards that said it was like two women and uh it was their last name it was like uh, Gonzalez, something like that law firm and it was like have you ever argued with a woman <laughs> and then it had I guess they I don't know if they were partners or sisters or what and then uh, the you know unspoken messages like exactly hire us we're female <laughs> so and uh finally I want to so anyway yeah use the uh, any any person who is attracted to creative design or art uh, I think intrinsically knows how to have that inform your fashion decisions but we'll definitely get into the thick of that in uh, upcoming releases so last thing I want to let you know about is what the foundation of everything that we got going on here what that all is built upon it's basically a graphic design brand um, and pretty apparent you know there's no secrets here all right, I'm burying all. So, at the end of the day, this is a, it is a brand. And it's also a company. But it's not operating at a profit right now. But that's okay, because I don't really care. Um, right now. Or, no, just, a Hmm. I do care, but at the forefront is mostly the creative design process, and it's also just meant to communicate that version of the sublime that, I say we because there's other people involved um, that we can create and provide to the world and um, it does involve an exchange uh, an exchange of a money exchanging of, of hands I think is how that's said yeah. but that's the same with any good, uh, that's the same with any product that is said to bring value to someone. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But right now uh, it's operating at a loss and it's not that it's intentional, but it is, um, anticipated, so, let me tell you the positioning of what we got going on here, and, um, you know, once I, uh, once someone writes a biography about me or something, I'm sure it'll include the reasoning for the name. But it became an LLC. And um, I suppose the government will start taxing me now or, or something. Um, but I was encouraged to do that by an attorney friend of mine. And so I did. And it was like $500. And... um, the, It solidified it uh, solidified things a little bit for me as well, Uh, but there's still a lot of creating to do for sure, and eventually maybe it can expand to involve more creators, but um, that's okay for right now. And you know I look to Steve Jobs for in a lot of ways for reasons that I'm not really. I can't really articulate. Um, I still haven't read his biography, which I heard is really good, but um, he created a brand that is so clearly demarcated and also delivered on its promises in such an effective way that I think that that's why it resonates with people. Um, And... Steve Jobs, as a person, the reason why he resonates with my with myself is because he was a master in multiple avenues that I'm also drawn to, and so he he executed on those and then he did it pretty effectively. I mean Apple was I think it was the first trillion dollar company and then Amazon, and then another one, I forget, like one of the media companies, I want to say. Or no, I think it was Alphabet, which owns Google. So he was a marketing guy. They used to call him the, an ideas guy, which he definitely was. Um, And there's also like a mystique that kind of surrounds him. But he really set Apple apart in his product offering, which was the Macintosh computer and then the iPhone in 2007. And uh, like I said, he delivered on his promises. And they differentiated themselves in the market, mostly by the technology that they were able to offer. And so when it comes to the brand that we're working with here. That's not the case. We haven't invented anything. Uh, if anything, we're using the... Um, uh, infrastructure that's already there. That anyone has access to. And most of it is free. Most of it. Instagram is free to use. Other things like... um Bluehost for a website is not free. Um, advertising's not free. So, the reason why it is different. Well, first off, we're the Macintosh of edgy graphic design tees. And we're basically like if um, Spencer's and Spencer's Gifts was helmed by... Basquiat the artist it's a hyper artistic take on edgy graphic design tees and that's also um, the foundation of that is also um, being hyper informed about the fa- uh, about fashion and design and the final segment of it is that we are communicating with any gender or gender identity from a unique perspective which is a um, straight male perspective that submerges into the fashion and creative design world and comes out of it with A really large library of designs to choose from that also don't rely on a name brand and that is something that is that I'm not aware of that exists which is really exciting because it's a lane not the woman's name but a lane to to go down and you know, I'm a consumer as well, and I don't, I can't think of anywhere else where that would be the case. And if I wanted to go to Spencer's and get a shirt that says like, you know, I heart milfs or something, I could do that. But when you buy a shirt that says I heart milfs on it from Spencer's, that's the end of of the offering right there is that they say you know well amongst our incense and our paraphernalia and our pleasure objects we also have graphic design tees and you can own a shirt that says I heart milfs and it's only 24.99 or whatever but that's the extent it's here you go here's a shirt that's funny because it says that you heart milfs on it, but that's the extent to take it one further extent is what how aesthetically how aesthetically designed is the graphic does it have an artistic quality and there is a shirt I'm switching out the word milf with another word it's a four letter word starts with an s. And it describes a uh, promiscuous person. And uh, it's pretty sh- as straightforward as it gets. It's like if I started a hamburger restaurant and I was like, here you go. And it's like two buns and a burger. And that's it. So as far as comedy t-shirts, you got a comedy t-shirt. That says I heart MILFs in this example. But the same could be said about what Steve Jobs might have said to himself when he saw the PC. It's like, okay, you got a PC, but one thing I know about Steve Jobs is that he said, well, he, he almost like executed on it like as if it was an art form, and his main focus was on usability, you know, that anyone could pick up a phone, or excuse me, anyone could go, a Macintosh and start using it, whereas when the Macintosh was released, they used to have to have training programs to get people to learn how to use a PC, and they had, like, tutorials and stuff, but a Mac was intuitive by design and um, pleasant to um, interact with, um, and that really communicates an extreme amount of value. Um, which is the most exciting part to me because it's you've created this high amount of value just by as as an effect of the design itself and that is an amazing accomplishment especially when the metric for success in that aspect is the amount of revenue that you generated and we're not just talking about You know, hey, I built a prototype and, you know, getting four or five friends to agree that you made a really cool prototype. But to seek out the distribution channels, to make a deal with the distribution channels, to stock the distribution channels in the brick and mortar stores and or make it available online and then to cobble together all the manufacturing aspects of it and to have it manufactured uh at a manufacturing level which means that multiple are being made it's not like you have a home etsy account that you're making you know crocheted tops for it's a full on infrastructure and then on top of that, you have to market it. And as far as I can tell, they've done a pretty darn good job. And I refuse to um, to give up my iPhone and move to an Android. Because iPhone gang for life. iPhone gang for life. And I used to be MacBook Pro gang for life, but right now I have a PC because um, that's what all my friends have, and I need communication with them in the form of playing virtual video games. So, but maybe I'll get another Mac one day. So that's a brief rundown of uh, our positioning. Uh, and there's plenty more, but that's for a different um, lane, a different medium. So for that, I suppose I'll just sharpen that sword, you know, because I'm a uh, trained writer. I'll have you know. And um, I love the world of sales copy. It's got such interesting characters like Joe Sugarman and Dan Kennedy. <laughs> They're just interesting people kind of just like kind of like Steve Jobs was, you know. He's there's a seminar that Jobs gave where he's talking about the um um success of Got Milk and how the entire ad campaign for Got Milk centered around the absence of the product. So there's a lot of steam in those in engines of uh, people of that nature. And I am not equating myself to Steve Jobs in any way. Just saying that I find him to be extremely uh, inspirational and uh, his efforts to be extremely aspirational. So inspirational and aspirational, if you can believe that. so I won't mark it to you right now but that's the that's a brief rundown there's different versions you know there's like the elevator pitch you know don't want to hit you with full on sales copy so for now we'll just keep talking about fashion but I stand by what I said, <laughs> or what I say, and they're also really competitively priced. And where else can you get that? Lambdog, baby!